Coming up on today's episode of the Locked On Bucks podcast, we're taking a look at the regular season that was with a little help from one of our favorite friends. That's right. It's time for This Is Your Season, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. It's opening day of the National Football League. There are three games in the 430 hour, and uh, one of those has our favorite team, the Bucks, hooking up with the New Orleans Saints and with the Hall of Fame greatest of all time quarterback in Tom Brady and a coach that likes to score points in Bruce Aaron. Halfway through the first quarter, Bucks knock on the Saints' door. Quarterback sneak by Tom Brady to the 43-year-old score. He did touchdown Tampa Bay. Spike that ball, Tom Brady. Who says I'm 43? He runs right up the gun. Stand the ball. First down at the Carolina 47. Handoff. Run the ball. Fournette slashes it away to the 40, to the 35, to the 30, to the 30, 25, to the 20. Fournette to the 10, 5, 3, 2, 1. Touchdown Tampa Bay. Run the ball. To the right now in motion to the left is Devontae Adams. Jamal Williams in the backfield. Rodgers takes the snap, third and ten, drops, pressure coming against the pass. It's intercepted, picked off down the sideline, 20, 15, 10, 5. Touchdown, Tampa Bay. Jamal Touchdown, Dean. Buccaneers, Jamal Dean. First turnover of the season by the pack, and it's a pick six. The fourth down of one. He is under pressure, under pressure, under pressure. Rolling to his right. A flag has been the Fires knocked out of bounds. Short of the first down yard to make. Be careful, Mr. Quarterback. Devin White is looking for you. And Devin White just absolutely smacked. Quarterback as Ronald Jones, the second. Rojo stands about four yards in the end zone, maybe five yards in the end zone. In motion, Chris Godwin. Brady, hard count, hands the ball off. Rojo pops it free. Across the fence, head to the 15-20. Rojo to the 30. Rojo to the 40. Rojo to the 50. Rojo to the 40. Rojo to the 30. High seven to the 20. It'll be a 98-yard touchdown run by Ronald Jones, the second. Touchdown, Tampa Bay. Wow. John Brady takes the snap, has protection, looks upfield. Throws a deep ball downfield. Throws Scotty Miller. Miller, K makes the catch. Touchdown, Tampa Bay. Run, Scotty, run. Stack to the right, Brown and Evans. Shotgun formation. Here comes pressure. Brady throws the ball toward the near sideline. Caught ball. Touchdown, Tampa Bay. It is Mike Evans. 27-yard touchdown catch. And with that touchdown pass, Tom Brady becomes the record holder in franchise history. He has thrown 34 touchdown passes in his first year as a Bucket. Set three receivers left, and here's the snap, and the blitzer is picked up. Brady underneath, caught ball, Evans, he has the record at the 11-yard line. Mike Evans becomes the first NFL player in league history to record 1,000 yards or more in his first seven seasons, and what a throw by Brady. Congratulations, Mike Evans. Brady throws 40 touchdown passes. Mike Evans reaches 1,000 for the seventh consecutive year. That's a new NFL mark. And who can forget a 98-yard touchdown run at Carolina by Rojo? Those are highlights of this 2020 regular season. And you know, Dave, I think there are more highlights to come in the playoffs. You are Locked On Buccaneers, your daily Tampa Bay Buccaneers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up and welcome back to the Locked On Bucks podcast. I'm James Yarko, joined as always by David Harrison. You can find everything that we're doing over at BucksNation.com and make sure you follow along on Twitter at Locked On Bucks, at JayArko underscore Bucks, at DHarrison82, and at Bucks underscore Nation. We'd like to welcome in all returning as well as all of our new listeners. And if you are a new listener, then this voice may not be as familiar to you as our 
regular listeners, but she is one of our absolute favorite human beings on planet Earth, Buccaneer staff writer. You can find her on Twitter and on Instagram at Carmi V. We are friends with her, so we call her Carm, Carmen Vitali. Carmen, how are you doing? <laughs> wow, those intros just keep, you know, building me up and building me up to the point where, I mean, it's got to it's got to fall down at some point. I don't think I can live up to this hype anymore. <laughs> no, no, you always, you know, over deliver that's why i have to keep building up the intros because my intros don't do you justice well that's the thing is like i want to under promise and over deliver that's that's the way to you know be successful <laughs> that's the oh, motto my... of the six round draft pick right that's the yeah I mean, you can tell <laughs> i work in football right <laughs> uh it's always great talking to you again carmen uh and of course thank you for coming on to help us close the book on the 2020 regular season because, uh, yeah, when I messaged you, you you very friendly, friendly, you very nicely friendly. I don't know. you very nicely pointed out. It's not a season review because the season isn't over, uh, but the regular season is over. So that's what we're going to call this is our regular season review. And I mean, first things first, how do you feel knowing this team is playing playoff football just three days after this show goes to press? Yeah, this is new. I keep like people keep asking me about it. And I'm like, this is new. I don't really know what to do with my hands like that Ricky Bobby gift. Um <laughs> But I'm very excited. And I think I find myself when I'm thinking about the game itself, it's great and everything. But I find myself, my mind drifting to the players on this team that have been waiting for so long for, for this. Like, this is my fifth season with the team. And obviously, like, I'm not a player. So I'm not on, you know, I'm not blood, sweat and tears necessarily day in and day out for this. But like, you look at Levante David, you look at Mike Evans, you look at Donovan Smith, Ali Marpet all these guys, Will Golston, um, that have waited so long for this moment. And I just find myself just like bursting with happiness for them. Yeah. I mean, here's, here's hoping we, uh, you know, this is just the first of four playoff games that the Buccaneers are going to be playing in, but Karma, we wanted to take a look back before we started looking forward. David has a, a crossover episode with Chris Russell, the host of locked on Washington football team. Uh, so that'll be an interesting, you know, first look towards Landover, Maryland, but let's start off by going all the way back to April in the NFL draft. We all had eyes on a day one tackle. Tristan Wirfs was one of those top four guys on everyone's board. Then in the second round, most of us on the outside were looking for a running back. You know, David wanted J.K. Dobbins after Clyde Edwards-Hilaire was taken in the first round. I wanted J.K. Dobbins. And the Bucs ended up going with Antoine Winfield Jr. So now 17 weeks into the season, we can't really imagine Buccaneers' life without either one of these guys. However, if the fate of Chicago-style pizza rests <laughs> on you choosing one of them to be Tampa Bay's Rookie of the Year, who are you taking? Oh, that's such a loaded question. <laughs> um, well, because you have to also consider the positions that they play and their opportunities for, you know, splash plays that would even get them. Because you want to go with the guy that has the best chance, right? But, I don't know. Are we going like, are we going like that or just like who I would pick? Like who I think has been the most valuable to their respective units? Uh, we'll, we'll go with who you think, you know, is the most valuable rookie for the Buccaneers. Not necessarily in the entire NFL. You don't have to compare them to, you know, Chase Young or or okay. you know, Burrow or anybody like that, just within the confines of the Advent Health Training Center, who <laughs> would you choose as your Buccaneers Rookie of the Year? Oh, 
doesn't make it easier. So, it? I, no, but I, it really actually does not make it any because I mean they're they are so meaningful to their respective sides of the ball. Yeah. I have to. I think I would have to go Tristan because I don't think that the front is able to do what it does on defense if Antoine's not back there and just like how cerebral he is and how much like he's calling out checks and he's picked up this defense so quickly like it's astounding. But with an offensive line they're only as strong as their weakest link and they're a unit that is protecting Tom Brady. So the fact that Tristan Wirfs really had very minimal growing pains, not that Antoine did either, but Tristan had very, very minimal growing pains and he was tested so directly so early that I, yeah, I think I'm just, yeah, I would have to go with Tristan, but that's not to say that I don't think Antoine, I don't know, ask me tomorrow and I'll probably say Antoine. <laughs> We are talking to Buccaneer staff writer Carmen Vitale on today's episode of the Locked On Bucks podcast. And this episode is brought to you by 1010. 1010 is an exclusive collection of 10 one of a kind engagement rings designed by 10 of the most distinctive designers working today. Using only diamonds responsibly and sustainably sourced from Botswana, 10 design masters have each produced a uniquely beautiful diamond ring, launching exclusively on January 18th at BlueNile.com. This exciting limited edition collection of diamond engagement rings launches on January 18th. And you can preview it exclusively at BlueMile.com. It's time for a fresh start and a few more wins. If you're betting this year and want more wins, listen to Locked on Bets with your boy Q and Lee Sterling of Paramount Sports. They're picking college basketball, football, and NBA locks all winter long. Subscribe to Locked on Bets wherever you get podcasts. Midweek here at the Locked on Bucks podcast, joined by Buccaneer staff writer Carmen Vitale. Carmen, we just got done talking about the NFL draft, but let's go further back even into March. Of course, we're talking about Tom Brady's arrival. With him comes Rob Gronkowski eventually. But more importantly, he brought an expectation of winning to the franchise. Now, these expectations have been a source of frustration as well for some of the fans especially. But I know the three people talking on this show today had no concerns about Brady's arrival or the fact that he turned 43 this season. But did you honestly think he was going to do what he's done so far? I mean, he's set a franchise record. He's gotten this team to 11 wins. He's set some some in-game halftime records, first half, second half records. Uh, they have the fourth best record in the NFC, despite being the fifth seed, all without a preseason, all without a legitimate training camp. Did he live up to your expectations or exceed them? Uh, and hell, I mean, if you're like some people, did he actually fall short of what you expected? <laughs> I don't think I allowed myself to expect this because we just talked about the underpromise over deliver. I would also rather be pleasantly surprised than mm -hmm. utterly disappointed. And not that I ever thought that I would be disappointed in Tom Brady, but I just wanted to temper my expectations as much as possible. And not because I didn't think that it's like, honestly, his age has really never entered into my mind just because watching him play, like he does not play like he's 43 years old. Um, he doesn't play like he's even like 36, 37 years old. He, he plays, you know, I've never, I didn't really see a drop off necessarily. Um, I saw a drop off in New England before he got here with the, the talent around him and him having to be responsible for a lot more. Yeah. My only concern and the only reason I really wanted to temper expectations was just because of the fact he had to learn an entirely new offense. Um, and he, he was joining a different team for the first time in two decades. I mean, that's not easy to do. And he's somehow defied time again by not getting up to speed within an a season and getting comfortable in this offense and commanding this offense to the point where we've seen these last four games, it's everything is, you know, finally clicking. 
And you're like you guys said, he has he had 40 passing touchdowns. He was responsible for 43 touchdowns at 43 years old. If you include his rushing three rushing touchdowns, like that, there's just uh, yeah. I mean, he completely exceeded my expectations. Is the long is the short answer to this long winded answer? Um, and Bruce Arians said it the other day too. He's by far and away exceeded even his expectations. I just don't know how you pick up an entirely new offensive system with an entirely new team and do what he did. Well, yeah, like like you and David both re- referenced there. You know, some of the expectations that came with Brady to Tampa. That was a source of anger for some Bucks fans throughout the season. Uh, you know, you had you know the rumors of a rift between Brady and BA. You had people speculating if Brady and Mike Evans were ever going to get on the same page. You know, there there was a lot of outside noise being made about some of the struggles that they went through trying to trying to get all you know all together, all on the same page. However, you want to phrase it. Give us the inside view, though. We know guys don't like losing. But did you ever get the sense that this roster was close to kind of losing control, going into a tailspin the way we've seen other versions of this team get stuck? No, that's the short and honest answer is I was never worried that this team wasn't going to eventually put it together. Much like, and this, I, I have never experienced this before, but even in games, I'm not as stressed, like within games, like the Bucks have gotten down and come back from some insane deficits. And it's like the entire time I'm not pulling my hair out because like having Tom Brady is, that's what he does is he instills this belief that like, you're not out of it. And that has permeated throughout the locker room and guys really believe it because this guy has a track record to prove it. So that's been the biggest thing for me. And I, you know, I knew that there was going to be some bumps along the way because, of course, there were going to be. Not to mention throw in all of, you know, that there's no offseason whatsoever, a very abbreviated preseason. Um, you know, so, there were, of course, there were going to be bumps in the road and it wasn't going to be easy. But because you've seen what this guy can do time and time again, I was never worried. And yeah, I think the, the perfect microcosm of that is like, even in games, I'm not worried. Even when the Bucks get down like 17 points, I'm like, nah, they could do it. They've done it before. Yeah, absolutely, Carmen. And I mean, that actually takes me right back to week 17. And James tweets on game day from the Bucks Nation Twitter account. I tweet from the Locked On Bucks Twitter account. And I think it was like third quarter. The Falcons have started to come back a little bit. Obviously, they weren't down or the Bucks weren't down or down 17, especially. But the Falcons started getting back in the game. I think they were down three at the time. And I tweeted, as I said, you know, man, this is a really fun game. Hope you guys are all enjoying it. And James very, very clearly made it evident that he was very stressed out about the game. And, and that's something, <laughs> Carmen, that you were just talking about. I mean, this is, a, this is a different team, a different offense, a different mentality of it. So when you see a Falcons team start to come back or if you see this team kind of fall behind, there's a little bit, there's a, there's kind of a calm to that. There's an urgency, but there's a calm to it because you know that this is something that can be done or the tide can be turned when another team is coming back on them. Yeah. I think it just really comes down to, you trust him, you trust him. And by default, you now trust this team. Like, I don't think I've had this amount of trust in this team to overcome, you know, obstacles, adversity, any of that, like I've had this season. And yeah, I've been way more calm in the press box, <laughs> way more calm. What, you know, even from like watching away games, uh, I'm not screaming at the television. I'm not trying, literally pulling my hair out. I'm not like, you know, sitting on my hands, biting my tongue, like just 
beside myself but like I would get sometimes but now it's like no I'm like this is and, and when it doesn't happen obviously there's been five losses this season when it doesn't happen you also don't think that that's the end of the world either and that's been a really interesting like that's been a good feeling too is to know like no we can bounce right back like the team can bounce right back and they did that they only lost two, you know two games in a row once this season um and that's not something that you know Tom Brady made a habit of so has made a habit of in his career in some ways it was a more stressful season but in other ways it was not at all <laughs> like you said we've seen the team uh do a lot of great things uh to go along with some of the struggles and the growing pains throughout the season so let's go ahead and flip you know what I had asked you before have we seen the best of this Bucks team or can they reach even higher levels of performance now that they're getting into as Tom Brady put it on his social media the real season <laughs> yeah imagine that right um I no, I mean I think that there's still stuff that you know they're they're working on that they can clean up obviously you know we talked a lot about the run game and how and I kind of boiled it down to this actually in my latest article on um buccaneers.com I just did a performance review of the offense in as a, as a whole across the season and kind of you know different aspects of how how certain certain aspects of the offense have improved um, just like a little hot button topic, stuff like that, you know, going through and, and examining them. And in looking at the run game, I mean, is this Bucks team ever going to lead the league in rushing yards? No. Like, is this offense going to do that? No. Like, it's just, that's not how this offense is built. This, but so what you need to kind of shift your focus on, I feel like when you're talking about the run game, when you're looking at this run game, um, yeah, there's room for improvement and the coaches have totally acknowledged that, but what's the purpose of this run game? This run game is to create opportunities for your offense and to create opportunities for what your offense does best. The, uh, the strength of this offense is by far and away it's receiver core and who, and, and the passing, you know, game essentially. And so what can the run game do to complement the passing game or what does it need to do? to complement the passing game. And it doesn't need to, you know, put up 200. You don't, you don't need to put up 200 yards on the ground. That's not how this offense is built. This offense is built on passing and the vertical threat and all this kind of stuff. So especially if you can get play action involved there as well, if you can get quality runs, which is what Bruce talks about all the time, that's what they stress quality runs over quantity. And so that's kind of how I've shifted my focus in looking at this run game and, you know, everybody wanting more out of it. I'm like, okay, fine. But like, what's the purpose of the run game? It's to give you opportunity and to do what you guys do best. So it, I think if you look at it through that lens, you come to realize that this team isn't panicking or this, this team isn't super concerned about the run game because it's, doing exactly what they needed to do at this point. All right. Well, Carmen, last one for me before we get into our final segment, which, by the way, David and I think is going to be quite fun. Uh, we do have to talk about Mike Evans. Uh, yeah, I know he was at the walkthrough, didn't really participate, but he, he was there. But there's been some talk on the outside, myself included, about uh, perhaps sitting Mike for the wild card what do you think about the battle between erring on the side of caution and letting Mike run out there on Saturday for his first career postseason game? I mean, 
I don't think it matters what I think because if Mike is walking, he's getting on that field and you cannot <laughs> stop him. I love like I would That's love awesome. to see the person that could stop Mike Evans from getting on that football field because yeah. it's not, I mean, like obviously there are things that can happen. He could suffer a setback and all that kind of stuff. But if he feels like he's going to go, I mean, at that point too, like, I get wanting to be a little bit more careful with him, especially, you know, if you think that you're advancing and you want to be confident in the fact that you're going to advance and you might need him later. But like, there's too many variables. Anything can happen. So you put him out on that field and he could light it up or yeah, the flip side of that is something he could, he could suffer a setback and then not be available for that next game. But you just, you just don't know. And it's, like it's a do or die thing. You could not make it to that second game. And then you just, what you rested Mike for nothing. Like, so I, yeah, no, I don't think that there's been necessarily any thought to if he's healthy, making him, you know, not healthy, healthy, but like if he's, if he's prepared to play uh, sitting him and resting him, I don't, I don't think that you rest anyone in a playoff game, no matter who it's against or what the circumstances are. So no, I, Mike is fired up. He, you know, he was running um, in the pool uh, this morning or yesterday, um, you know, working with the trainers. And then today, you know, he, he didn't have anything on, like he just, he was walking around at, on the practice field. He was doing a little half speed jog. Um, you know, every, everything was half speed because it was a walkthrough anyway. And so Bruce said he was technically a full participant in the walkthrough part of it, but had they been full go both him and Carlton Davis would have sat, but they're crossing their fingers for Saturday. And like I said, if Mike is on two legs, heck he played three games this season already on one mm-hmm. leg. So I would, again, try and keep this guy out of this, out, off the field. You're not going to be. Yeah. You don't go through what he went through already this year to miss this game. If he can, if he can suit up, he, he's going. Right. Yep. And I'm, and I love, and I'm just, I'm so happy for him that he gets to play <laughs> in the postseason. Yeah, you and me both. He and he and Levante. I don't think anybody on this roster has has earned this opportunity more than the two of those guys for as as long as they've been here and as as much as they've struggled. It's you know, it's phenomenal to see the two of them get to play in the postseason. Yeah, I really want to shout out Will Golston too because he's getting say, forgotten. Yes, he's he's yes. getting forgotten about. You guys, no, I mean, like you're not the only one by any stretch of imagination. Nobody is talking about Will because Will has been here longer than Mike. <laughs> He hasn't been here quite as long as date as Levante, but I mean, and like Will is also just like criminally underappreciated because you know this Bucks team has the number one ranked run defense, oh. and who do you think is a big part of that? <laughs> but oh. no one talks about Will. <laughs> so I mean, Will is having like quietly, very quietly, having I think probably his best season of football this he year, um, and he'll get more yeah. love on Locked On Bucks, Carmen, when he unblocks me on Twitter. Oh. Ouch! What did you do? What did you, do? <laughs> you know what? Uh, yeah, no, he really is, and I've I've had actually I've had several conversations with him in person, and it's always kind of in the back of my mind, I'm like just ask him, just ask him. I'm like I'm not going to ask this big, large, sweaty dude who just got done practicing for professional football to unblock me on Twitter at, at some point when he gets back to his phone. You know what I mean? Um, but no, this is long before uh, any of my media type stuff. Uh, I was I was just an Ohio State fan who was like, oh, well, let's see what this Twitter thing is about, and uh, I jumped on more. there and did what every Ohio State fan does and talked Stay trash no to Michigan State, Michigan players, and uh, yep. yeah, well, no block me for it. I can't. Oh, can't blame I get it now. It. Oh, you deserved it yeah. though. Oh yeah, absolutely. Then, but I'm I'm a new guy now, Carmen. 
<laughs> no, yeah, as, as soon as you said Ohio State, I'm like, okay, now I get it. <laughs> there there is go. not, I don't know of anyone that loves Michigan State and Big Ten football more than Will Golston. Yeah. But I'm more he concerned about the in-person interactions than they have always been great because Will's a, a great dude. So He's a great dude. Yeah. Very generous, just a wonderful guy on and off the field. And so I'm so, like, we have a picture of Levante and him hugging um, that one of our photographers took from the Detroit game. Mm. And, like, obviously Will's a huge dude. And, Le- I mean, Levante's not small, but, right. like, he's much smaller than Will. <laughs> and it just looks like a dad and his son. Yeah. And they're just, like, hug- like, but it's not even, like, a man hug. It's, like, a regular just, like, I love you so much hug. And it's the coolest, cutest picture I've ever seen in my whole life. And, I'm, and I'm, just, I'm so happy for those two. More coming up with Carmen Vitali, staff writer for Buccaneers.com on social media at V. Carmen is not allowed to bet on games, but you are. And if you're getting ready for the college football championship or the NFL playoffs, you can get off the bench and into the action with betonline.ag. To do so, just head to betonline.ag and sign up for a free account today. Then use promo code locked on to get a 50% welcome bonus. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers have 10 to 1 odds to win Super Bowl 55 in Tampa, Florida. So if you want to get if you want in on that action or any other action, head over to betonline.ag again, use the promo code locked on. To get your 50% welcome bonus from Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Speaking of games, we're going to play some games with Carmen in segment three of the Locked On Bucks podcast coming up. Wrapping things up here on a Wednesday edition of the Locked On Bucks podcast, joined by Buccaneers.com staff writer and everybody's favorite Sun Devil, Carmen Vitale <laughs> at CarmiV on Twitter and on Instagram. Carmen, in this segment, we are going to end this regular season recap by playing a couple of games. Okay. Time to play the game! Oh, God. (laughs) We're going to start things off with my favorite thing to do, and that's a rapid fire. So we're going to ease you into the games here. (sighs) Okay. Rapid fire, five questions. Number one. The best play of the season for the Buccaneers. Zero prep. <laughs> no, yeah, no prep. Are you kidding? Uh, I don't know. I can't even. Like, I really like now. My mind has just gone completely blank, and I'm like, I can't even think of one play. The interception, the Jamel Dean's pick six on Aaron Rodgers. Yes. Oh, that was that's it. Too. That's it. That's got to be it. Love that one, especially because my stepson's a Packers fan and he was running his <laughs> mouth until that moment in time. Yeah. Um, favorite pregame press box activity? I mean, the easy answer is tweeting because that's what I do. I tweet. Um, I, I always, I, I don't know if it's a, my favorite activity, but I like, I have to have my certain, like I have a Diet Coke and a water with me at all times. So I have to like go get that and have that so I can set up my little area. Or, or it's it's Jill and I's little tradition of always taking pictures of each other because you got to do it for the gram. There you go. <laughs> we used to take pictures together on the field, and now <laughs> that doesn't happen this year, so we've amended it a little bit. But the time I get to spend with Jill Beckman is my favorite pregame activity in the press box. There you go. All right, all right. Most entertaining non-player or coach? I don't think you guys have ever heard me talk about him, but my one of our digital managers max brodsky Mm -hmm. uh he's one of my very good friends and he is one of the funniest people i know and he's like not even intent i think he is intentionally funny 
but also like non-intentionally funny. <laughs> and he but, is like, he, he'll do things like, <laughs> he'll like recreate Bucks plays in Microsoft Paint. <laughs> like he'll draw like Microsoft Paint. Like he hand drew the, this is fine gift in Microsoft Paint and is hanging up it at Jill's desk at the office, which we haven't been in obviously in months. But he does just like the silliest things and they're so hilarious to me. Tell Jill we need some of that content on the social media. <laughs> she needs, yeah, I'm going to have, well, we don't have access to it right now, but I think when we get back and we get to, we'll get the, the photo. I think we're either going to frame it and then Jill will definitely put it on social media. Um, but we have multiple trophies also that go around the department for various things. One of them you want, one of them you don't. Oh boy. And so you get the trophy that you don't want when you do something stupid or when you do something good and you just don't want it though. I don't know. It's yeah. hard to explain, but it's a very, it's a very entertaining. We have a very entertaining staff. I love them. All right. What is the worst play of the season? You're really going to make me say the worst play. <laughs> can I just say the entire Sunday night Saints game? Yes, mm. you can. Absolutely. Yes, that is acceptable. acceptable. Uh, and I will agree with you. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Television or movie title that best describes the 2020 Tampa Bay Buccaneers regular season. Oh, I'm horrible at this kind of stuff. Oh. <laughs> um, okay, this is the first thing that popped in my mind, and I don't even know why, and it doesn't really make sense, but like Breaking Bad, because we broke being bad, we're not bad anymore. <laughs> I got you. I will accept it, and I enjoy. <laughs> you see the logic behind that? I don't know why yeah. that's the first thing that popped in my head. I've never even seen Breaking Bad. Oh, <laughs> uh, you need to watch Breaking Bad. But I also thought, you know, the search for the Holy Grail. You know, we were. Oh, <laughs> God, we were just talking about that. the twenty twenty Buccaneers and the search for the Holy Vince Lombardi Grail. Oh my God, that would have been so perfect! Wow, missed opportunity, guys. That's all right. That's all right. I'll blame David because he hasn't seen it. Yeah. I'll accept. Uh, yeah, we can, we can publicly chastise you for <laughs> not, never seeing. And like, not even being willing, it sounds like. You don't even want yeah, to no, see Yeah, no, I'm good. Ugh. I'm good. It's a classic. I've got, uh, I've got, I've got some Breaking Bad to catch up on, so. <laughs> yeah. I'm, listen, I don't really, like, in the off season, I'll get there. I'll yeah. get there. I, I like there were. I have the list, and the list, you know, went down, and then it didn't, and then we got really busy. We had kind of a busy off season this year. A little so bit, a little just, bit, yeah. just a tad. Actually, I've only ever seen the first season of Breaking Bad, so I can't really say a whole lot. I'm uh, I'm on Brooklyn Nine Nine right now, which I'm loving. Oh, Brooklyn oh so. that's a fantastic show. Yeah. So good, absolutely. <laughs> so that's the end of of that game. But we do have one more uh, that we're going to play because I told you earlier we had a new game to play. Um, obviously, you've done the rapid fire before, so now we're going to play our final game of the episode. Uh-oh. I want to play a game. No, I don't want to play a game. Good <laughs> word. I hate that thing. All right, Carmen, here's what we're going to do. I've got five clips of play calls. These are, these are radio personalities, television personalities, play calls, right? Okay. Uh, we're going to play them, and we're going to see if you can identify the game and then as many details as you can, can drum up. Uh, they start off fairly easy. Uh, but they do get harder as we go. So a little bit of a warm-up here early for you. So, Carmen, are you ready for the first clip? Oh, I'm going to suck at this. Okay. Oh, you'll be all right. Go for it. <laughs> Receivers to the right. Now in motion to the left is in the backfield. 
takes the snap, third and ten, drops, pressure coming, gets the pass, it's intercepted, picked off down the sideline, 20, 15, 10, 5, touchdown Tampa Bay, touchdown Buccaneers, Jamal Dean. Yeah, obviously that was Jamal Dean's pick six uh, against Aaron Rodgers. Uh, I believe that was the three-sack game against Aaron Rodgers by Devin White. Well, I was actually a little bit premature, so here's let me let me play how this is supposed to go. So, James, I'm messing up my own game, but not quite the way I thought it would. <laughs> so here's the unedited clip. Okay. Trip receivers to the right. Now in motion to the left is Devontae Adams. Jamal Williams in the backfield. Rodgers takes the snap, third and ten, drops, pressure coming, gets the pass, it's intercepted, picked off down the sideline, 20-15-10-5, touchdown Tampa Bay, touchdown Buccaneers, Jamal Dean. All right, so Carmen obviously got that one right, that's how it was supposed to sound. Uh, So yeah, Jamal Dean uh, picked six in Green Bay Packers, and uh, so yeah, so see, not too hard, right? I mean, yeah, that was like one of the biggest plays but yeah keep going i'm, I'm still gonna <laughs> suck at this i'm gonna suck at this so bad but keep going all right our second clip so Ooh. that first one we had no opponent identification as you can tell i muted out the opponent identification this one we're gonna mute out the buccaneers identification part of it so here we go you ready for the next clip carmen yes lead by 11 on the road Jalen richard is the setback on the left hip of Derek carr from the 25 yard line the snap Try to get to him, can't. Throws the pass over the middle. It's it's intercepted. Picked off by the the 30. He's to the 33, to the 35. The take the ball away from Derek Carr. All right, Carmen, what you got? Was that JPP? Was that did he intercept Derek Carr? Oh, <laughs> is that your final answer? No. <laughs> All right, let me think. Who intercepted Derek Carr? Yeah. All right, I'll just say JPP. <laughs> All right, JPP is the answer. Let's see what you got, Carmen. Oh, God. Bucks lead by 11 on the road. Jalen Richard is the setback on the left hip of Derek Carr from the 25-yard line of the snap. Bucks try to get to him, can't. Throws the pass over the middle. It's it's intercepted. Picked off by the Buccaneers. Antoine Winfield to the 30. Oh, He's to the 33, man. to the 35. The Bucks take the ball away from Derek Carr. How did I not get that? <laughs> that I called that. I yeah. called that interception before it even happened. Yep, Antoine Winfield Jr.'s first career interception against Derek Carr and the Las Vegas Raiders was Las clip Vegas, number yeah. two. I called it before the game. He was one of my players to watch, and I said that he was going to get the interception because that was the game after the Packers. Duh. And he didn't get it against Aaron Rodgers, despite coming very close. Mm-hmm. And I was like, by like all the football god rules, he is going to get an interception, his first interception in this next game. Like That's just how this works. And he did, and I'm an idiot. <laughs> There's, there's a lot of football that you've witnessed, so it's okay. Uh, <sighs> my memory, you guys have to understand too, my memory is awful. I write <laughs> everything down because my memory just like, like, I don't like, Scott is very, very good at that. Like, Scott will be very good at this game if you get him to play it because. I am definitely planning on doing a playoff version of this, yes. Yeah, he, like, the details he recalls at the drop of a hat from like, he, like his near 30 years of Buccaneer football he's been a part of yeah. is just I take it's insane to it's me. It's impressive. And I'm like, just having a like conversation said, I, with him about Buck's history is impressive. It's it's fantastic. Yeah. Okay. All right. Um, all, all right. right. <laughs> only only three more to go. <laughs> oh <my ready>? God. <laughs> <laughs> so clip three, Carmen. No team identification. Neither team will be identified uh, in this clip. So you ready for it? Oh yes. No, but yes. Was on his own shotgun set. Takes the snap, blitz up the middle, blitz for the end zone. He will be sacked in the back in the end zone. It's a safety for the. 
Yeah. Uh, <laughs> who got the safety? Ugh. Was it Antoine again? Was that one of his? It was one of his. Was that one of his strip sacks? I could was tell you, but Antoine? I would be cheating, and actually, so would James because he sees the answer key. That is true, but I could DM her, and you'd never know. That is. That's also that's, true. That's true. That's <laughs> Definitely true. game show this on me, and I wouldn't know. I mean, to be fair, Carmen, I was going through game books, figuring out which clips I wanted to use, and I came across this one, and it said, "I don't remember this happening." So, I mean, you know. For what it's worth. Remember this. I just, I don't remember who did it. All right. I'm going to say it's either Antoine Winfield Jr. or Shaq. All right. And, here we go. Yeah. Was on end zone shotgun said Frisco takes the snap. Blitz up the middle. Blitz for the end zone. He will be sacked in the back in the end zone. It's a safety for the Buccaneers. So it was Shaquille Barrett. Now I didn't keep included because uh, Dan and, and, and Gene there kind of went or Dave and Gene went kind of back and forth a little bit. Uh, but it was, in fact, Shaquille Barrett's safety against the Denver Broncos in his return to Denver to face his return to Denver. Okay. Yeah. All right. All right. See? Okay. So you're two so you're, for three, Carmen. So you're, you're doing better than you thought. Yeah. Sort of. <laughs> uh, I was just saying two for three. Yeah, she could go on a run here like the Bucks did at the end of 2020. And, you know, Don't put she... that pressure on me Uh-oh. right now. <laughs> I said could. I said could. All I right, Carmen. you, Carmen, still. You ready for this next one? There is no team identification again. However, it's also the opposing team's audio. Second down, half yard from the six. Wants to throw all day, throws, caught, touchdown. What a grab. With a one-handed grab to haul it in in the end zone. That was Chris Godwin. Ooh, that was a quick answer. You going you to lock that one in? Yeah, well, now, now you're going to be like, <laughs> yeah, that was my first. Because he had that crazy, like, one-hander. I'm probably second wrong. down, half yard for the Bucks from the six. Brady wants to throw all day. Throws, caught, touchdown. What a grab! Chris Godwin with a one-handed grab to haul it in in the end zone. All right, Carmen. Last one, almost done. You ready? <sighs> yeah. I'm pretty confident you're going to remember this one. I don't know. Um, all right, so this one is television footage, and again, none of the teams, neither of the teams, are identified. You ready to go? Okay. All right. Here's a little throwback to going downfield for covered by makes the play for the touchdown. That right, is impossible. That is okay. Well, that was Joe Buck, so it had to have been one of the games that he did. So I'm gonna obviously. I'm gonna I'm gonna be a little bit fair here because I just feel like it's the right thing to do. I did not say all of these clips came from 2020. Is this not from 2020? That is, that is, that is impossible, especially now knowing that it didn't happen this season. Imagine right. Scott, though, because I'm going to literally go through the entire Buccaneers playoff history for his. There, but there's like, there's no even like identifiers there. Yeah. Like, a, it's just a huge play. Like, no yard markers. No, like, it's a huge play. You hear the crowd, right? You hear the crowd. Yeah. You, you hear the there. crowd. I'm trying to think of like what games then Joe Buck would have done. And it's since the crowd erupted like that, it had to have been at home. It was a home game for the home team game. playing that game. <laughs> you were there. I was there. Okay, so it's within the last five seasons. Cool. It really narrows it down. Is guys. it? Is um, it? If I was... Wait. <laughs> oh. <laughs> it was this a, isn't even a Bucks play call. It this was, is a, it was a legendary Bowl. play, Carmen. This was the freaking Super Bowl. And oh my God, mm. this is the Santonio Holmes play that doomed the cards, isn't it? It was a legendary play by a legendary player during a legendary performance. I'm okay, going to play the clip. Kurt Warner to Larry Fitzgerald. 
Because there was here's a little throwback to Warner going downfield yep. for Fitzgerald. Covered by Demps and Fitzgerald makes the play for the touchdown. There you go, Carney. That's such a tease, though, because they didn't win that game, and I was the in, I was an intern for them. And that well, they won that game. They just lost the Super Bowl. That's why I didn't choose the Super Bowl clip. I chose the NFC Championship clip uh, for when they beat the Eagles. So. Oh, okay. Then I totally misunderstood because I thought that this was the. I thought that you at least kept it to Raymond James Stadium. <laughs> no. no. Which would have been because there was the big like I remember this just so vividly was the I mean I was like I was there so I wasn't listening to like the TV copy but right, it right. was Kurt to Fitz yeah but there was still two and a half minutes left like they were like I think the pass the pass was over twenty yards because they weren't inside the red zone yet and I remember thinking oh dear God they just scored too quickly and they're giving the ball back to Ben Roethlisberger in the Super Bowl with two and a half minutes left but yeah the NFC Championship game over the Eagles that was. That was fun. I was there. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to go Super Bowl. But I was like, I can't do that. I can't do that to Carmen. I can't go Super Bowl on you. I, I would go an FC championship game. Yeah. Larry Fitzgerald. I mean, for those who don't know, three touchdowns in that game, the, the Cardinals beat the Philadelphia Eagles and eventually lose to Bruce Arians and the Pittsburgh Steelers. And the Pittsburgh Steelers. The head coach, but you know, Pittsburgh Steelers. No, he was the offensive rings. coordinator at the time. It's yeah. the very first thing I ever said to Bruce was that yeah. he owed me a Super Bowl ring. <laughs> yeah. So I thought I'd throw that in there for you again. Like I said, they got harder as they went and they definitely, that last one was definitely harder. Well, that was totally out of left field. <laughs> <laughs> I think if I would have left a few of the of the clues in there, then maybe you know this is the first time we've done this. Maybe for Scott, I'll adjust it a little bit and learn from from this from this yeah. uh, first time. So I appreciate. I actually you being think it's pretty game. impressive that I was able to like start thinking through like, all right, Joe Buck doing the game. Yeah. How many games has have they done for us? If it's not this year, then last year we had like no national tele, nationally televised <laughs> games. So like, I was like, oh my god, it's probably like two years ago now, that, or it's an away game. But then you, the crowd and all that. Yeah. that was so stressful. <laughs> but you, but went, you did well. You went four for five. Yeah, and I think and listen, I think the thing that you know makes it interesting and is kind of one of the reasons I came up with this because and you mentioned it, you don't hear this stuff. Like I don't know if you ever go home and rewatch the games or anything like that, but especially like Gene, like you're not listening to Gene Deckerhoff live call the game. I mean, I know some fans are, and maybe some of the fans out there could have could pick up the the play calls and you know because they heard them or they remember them. But you're working and you're in there in the press box and you're not hearing that kind of stuff. So I just thought it was a little bit of an interesting exercise. Um, that is that what yeah and that's yeah that's a great i i do rewatch the games i just i don't almost i almost never watch the broadcast copy and by almost never i mean never right you watch the all 22 and i mean again you're not hearing you know that that right attachment to it so right Right. so i appreciate you partaking in that i don't know if it was as bad as you expected but that was very stressful (laughs) i think because like you were like that's like my one like if i could change one thing about myself it would be my memory (laughs) (laughs) a superpower like recall like a superhuman recall that would be like what superpower i would want so you just preyed on my insecurities thank you so much well i'm confident that you did better than i would have done if i was on the other end of this so if that makes oh. you feel better yeah and i think you should let carmen decide how difficult the ones for scott are gonna be no don't because i like <laughs> For all for as much as I pump him up about how good he is at that, I would want to test him so bad. So I would be I would be ruthless. So there is a play I'm going to throw in there, Carmen. And, and uh, first time Scott and I had a conversation. You know, we were talking. And he actually asked me what my earliest Buccaneers memory was, uh, and it was sitting in Mile High Stadium watching the Buccaneers play uh, the Denver Broncos. In my mind, it's Mike Allstott, but I actually. 
Uh, no, it's not uh, Mike Allstott, but uh, Steve Atwater threw a Buccaneers running back to the ground by his face mask like it was nothing. And as impressed as I was about Steve Atwater's strength, I was even more impressed that player then jumped right up onto his feet, got back in the huddle. Yeah, like I said, in my memory, it was Mike Allstott, but it's, it was not Mike Allstott. Uh, mm-hmm. So I'm actually going to include that in there because oh, you know, for me, it's yeah. a little bit of a, of a corny connection to Scott, but you know, we'll see if he picks up on it. I mean, he probably will. The man is, a, he's, he's like, I call him the, my human bucks encyclopedia. <laughs> it's a good nickname. He's just like, yeah, he's a human bucks encyclopedia. He knows. I mean, cause you know, like, but like, as was just evidenced, even by being there, like I'm not, it doesn't mean I remember it. <laughs> like, but good. Yeah. I, I, I make it hard for him because he can handle it. He's very, very good at those. <laughs> And he's going to tell you that he's not that good at it. I guarantee you. He's going to be like, oh, no, no. But he's, he's being modest. All right. We'll see how he does on, uh, on Friday. Great. <laughs> Carmen's sitting there thinking, I hope he goes three for five so that I have bragging rights. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's exactly what I'm thinking. <laughs> I, may, I may marvel at his recall, but I'm absolutely way more competitive. And... <laughs> All right. Well, Carmen, we have certainly chewed up enough of your time, but – one final thing. What are your final thoughts on the Buccaneers 11 and five regular season finish this year? I actually just thought about this the other day. Like you guys, especially would ask her my predictions for the season, what I thought we were going to do. And the answer that I ended up landing on was 11 and five. Mm-hmm. So like called it. <laughs> <laughs> Who is your, uh, hidden hero do you remember i don't have them in front of me oh no i don't because i know did I, say antoine was... winfield jr. did I say antoine winfield jr because i might have you might have let me see you you I, I might, legit have. might have it may have All been because right. you talked about todd bowles's 2019 version of his defense being vanilla compared to the september or to the 2020 version which was absolutely true at least until the loss of vita vea yeah, that was, I think, I mean, and then even beyond that, like just the fact, the mere fact that Devin White had nine sacks this year, right. I think proves that there was a lot more, the linebackers were responsible for a lot more and they got a lot more creative. And I think like, not that I, like if I could have access to, I don't know if I have access to these kind of stats, but if you see how many times they blitzed defensive backs versus what they did the year before, I would just, you know, from the eye test, from what I can remember at this point, up until this point, I recall seeing a lot more DBs blitzing this year right. than I did last year. I mean, who was it? Jordan Whitehead, I think, lined up as a defensive tackle at one point, right? Sure did. Like, lined um, up in the zero. Yeah. Love that for him. Carmen, your hidden hero was Devin White. Oh, there okay. Taylor. Well, that a hidden hero, though? Why did you guys Well, because the, the, the criteria was no prior all pros or pro bowls. Uh, oh. in their career oh, so well, yeah so Devin White was a little true. bit of low-hanging fruit but you were yeah. the first one we had on to ask so you had that right heck yeah yep <laughs> all right well then I think I was right you were no you oh, absolutely were sure. and then uh Scott picked Scotty Miller and he actually made a prediction I can't I don't know if Scotty hit his prediction 700 yards receiving either of you know off the top of your head if Scotty hit 700 no Scotty no, didn't he hit did. seven he I would have him. if it wasn't for soft tissue injuries uh would he have I think so I think he would have I'm confident. His, I will give you that, like, every play that he made was, like, a big one. Like, he was getting, like, 45 yards at a time. Right. Taylor took Cam Brate. Allman took Ali Marpet. Page double-dipped and took Levante and Ronald Jones. Because I forgot to mention that the NFL Top 100 was also a contributing factor, so. 
She yeah. picked Levante because I left that out. Yeah, I mean, he had 500 yards receiving this season. Scotty did with all the injuries and the time that he missed. I mean, I think he could have got another 200 if he was, or 199 if he was healthier. Yeah, there's like, there's a lot of mouths to feed. Right. So I just, I'm still in awe of Mike Evans getting a thousand. Yeah, like, it's incredible. I talk about tempering expectations. I had been talking, like we had gotten asked about it on co- coffee with Carmen and Casey a bunch of times. Like, do you think Mike can hit a thousand yards? Do you think Mike can hit a thousand yards? And I was like, it's going to be really, really hard. Like, I don't want to put that, you know, on him right now. I right. don't think that that's, you know, the concern. They're just trying to get, you know, their stuff together on offense. I just, and I just never really envisioned him being able to end up doing it. And he did it and it was incredible. And such a good like such a roller coaster of emotions yeah it was rough to watch and you just yeah everybody just held their breath i think yes the, the stadium went silent like and granted there's obviously not as many fans as usual in there but like it was eerie yeah. how everyone was just just like everyone stopped moving everyone just was staring at mike and the worst part of that whole thing was they had put the camera on him on the jumbotron when he stood up mm-hmm his first step he goes to take on that knee, it buckles. Yeah, yeah. And he like goes like, you know, like the trainer has to like keep and keep like hold, hold him up. And that's when everyone just gasped. Like mm-hmm. everyone gasped. That was the worst part of everything. Like, I feel like it was even worse than like seeing him down in the end zone. It was when he got up and he just like, it buckled. You're like, Oh my God. <sighs> but we don't have to worry about that because there's no structural damage. Yeah. Thank you. Football gods. all right well carmen we certainly appreciate all the time that you've given us today and doing this recap and playing along with our our sick twisted games to you know (laughs) cause you unnecessary exploit my weaknesses thank you (laughs) what what all do we have on tap over at buccaneers.com in this you know playoff era of of the 2020 season yeah, we've got some stuff coming up, um, some stuff already out. Uh, Scott just did how the how our offense matches up against the Washington defense. Um, tomorrow, I will have how our defense matches up against the Washington offense. Uh, on top of, I've started, I just did the offenses year in regular season interview. Um, and I will be doing defense for Thursday. Um, but yeah, just look out for, we, we have a playoff hype video coming out tomorrow and tomorrow being Wednesday. And, uh, it gave me so many chills. Like I had chills the entire time watching it. It's so cool. So look out for that. Absolutely. All right. Well, Carmen, again, thank you so much. We always love having you on and, uh, Look forward to uh, more postseason discussions with you here in the very near future. Fingers crossed. <laughs> All right. And, of course, you can check out everything Carmen is doing over at Buccaneers.com. Follow her on Twitter and on Instagram at V. That's C-A-R-M-I-E and the letter V. Check out everything David and I are doing over at BucksNation.com. Follow along on Twitter at LockedOnBucks, at JayArco underscore Bucks, at DHarrison82, and at Bucks underscore Nation. Hope you all have an absolutely outstanding day. Stay safe, stay healthy, wash your hands, be good to each other. And we thank you so much for joining us right here at Locked On Bucks.